Hey everybody, it's Sean. Uh, in this week's pod, we reference the fact that we're recording before the national championship game tips off, um, and it's now just about two o'clock in the morning on Tuesday, and I am wrapping up editing and whatnot uh, because I'm wired and can't sleep because UVA won. They won the national championship. They beat Texas Tech in overtime in a truly unbelievable game. Um, I'm going to remember this forever, and I just wanted to give that little update so you didn't have to wait a whole week to hear one of us say UVA won. Uh, So enjoy our, uh, our chat this week, and we'll talk to you again soon. Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. So I don't know about you two, but this is the most like excited and anxious I've been, you know, as we're recording before we're recording uh, before. And and I know you you both know why in your hearts. Uh, yes, <clears throat> it, it it's um, well, it's not because we're not going to have baseball in Cuba anymore. Uh, no, because that it's would, not that's that. a that's a bad thing. That would be a thing to not but be excited about. It but is it's about sports, the sports related. Ball. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Guys. UVA is playing in the national championship game in three hours, um, uh, which is a crime against humanity. We're recording this at 6.20 p.m. on a Monday. Um, it's just, it's insane. It would be like starting the Super Bowl. Well, actually, it's probably like starting the Super Bowl at like 6 o'clock, which is what they do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they get to do it on a <laughs> Sunday. Um, right. But. That's so. The thing I'm excited about is is also basketball related, but it's not that. There oh. might be an even bigger piece of news in. Well, oh, wow! It's one and one a oh, from I this forgot. past week. Do you do I, you know I, what I'm talking about? I I do. Yeah, Max. I can go to Wizards games again. Do you know why? I uh, I believe I do. Yes. Oh whoa! <laughs> and why is that? I believe that the the Wizards as an organization have removed a specific individual that you weren't happy with. <laughs> Ding dong, the witch is dead. So so the th- the thing about the thing about UVA basketball is is it is, you know, UVA is so close to my heart and everything and and so I care about it a lot more and I want it to do well and so I'm very careful with it, but it does matter deeply to me. But the thing that made me jump out of my seat at at my desk at work was when I got the notification that Ernie Grunfeld was fired <laughs> last week. So, but that's because the Wizards deserve to to be shamed for their for their badness. They they deserve to do a walk of atonement, you know, naked, th- well, without their GM through the streets of DC with a shame bell. Um, so I was I was really excited. No, but man, we're getting in obvious- deep on pop culture references so far. Game of Thrones is yeah. coming back next week too. Yeah, I've I've been rewatching uh, much too quickly, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we're here and we're on pins and needles because UVA is going to get in a rock fight with Texas Tech of <laughs> defensive efficiency and just it's it's going to be awful. It might be worse than that uh, UConn Butler game of 2011, I believe. Um, uh, look, 53-41 was the score. Look, when you were uh, when you were in your last year of school, I recall uh, covering a UVA Wisconsin game early in the season. That ended with a final score, I want to say, of 45 to 39. Yeah. Um, And I think that is the bellwether for this. 
but yeah. but back back to Grunfeld for a second. Um, yeah. he's he's now out on his ass. Uh, I mean, let's be real. He probably got a, a tidy severance package, but uh, he he's gonna have to go looking for a new job. So I hope he's been uh, I hope he's been brushing up on his side hustles in the meantime. Yeah, uh, it's a, you know, a good it, inadequacy is a good side hustle. So he should be he should be prepared. <laughs> is it because you know so often these are kind of half baked things that people decide to turn into full baked things. He'll, um, he'll find something in DC. <laughs> Uh, he'll yeah oh dc is dc and new york are, are the side the side hustle capitals of of the globe i i think <laughs> um but uh, yeah i think that you know i i texted you all and i mentioned seeing this this word all the time and kind of responding it's, it's starting to get to the point where i respond negatively to it because i see it all the time and it's you know what is it what does it even mean and is it is it a good thing? I, I feel like most of the people that, that I know who do it or claim to do it are people that are already kind of affluent and doing well anyway. Sure. So it's, there's, for me, there's an inherent, it's, it's like the word, um, uh, startup. What, you, do you mean young company or are you talking, you know, is it, is it a, a denotation or a connotation that we're talking about? And there's a connotation with, with this that, really irks me and i was hoping we could unpack it a little bit okay so let let's then let's start by talking about what you think that connotation is um well this is something that like uh i I would say that that white collar often white people that are of millennial age are doing in addition to their uh to to a lot of times they're already well-paying jobs or they don't have a lot of severe um you know concerns about not not being able to fall back on something these are very much uh the the two words that i wrote down in my notes are are supplementary versus complementary these are very much complementary to whatever they're they're also doing like maybe you have a tech job during the day or or whatever it is and then you're like oh i also really like writing screenplays on the side so i'm 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 doing a side hustle where i i write i help write screenplays or something well i don't think those are complementary because the, by definition, those things are not related to each other. Those would be supplementary. If you oh, develop I mean, apps, if you develop apps for a living, and then on the side you help like code stuff for a nonprofit, that's complementary. But these things are supplementary. I know. So like my, I, I think that's a decent description of of what these things are. I know my manager at work uh, has a calligraphy business on the side. That really has. Not that much bearing on digital marketing, uh, you know, the written word, the fancifully written word. Uh, but I, so why? So the question then to me is like, what is the motivation? Why do people do side hustles? Because I think that has a big bearing on whether or not they're quote unquote good or quote unquote bad. Um. What is good versus bad? Oh, wait, ask the question again. So I was trying to I was trying to work on my definitions of supplement. <laughs> obviously, my geometry went was was like fifteen years ago now when when the, I, I started thinking about those words. Um, so yeah. so if if we accept that a side hustle is some sort of thing that you're doing outside of your primary form of gainful employment, but something that also brings you money. 
That I think is the most basic definition of what a side hustle is. Yes. Um, you know, whether or not, you know, typically I feel like with something like this, what comes up is the question, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? Yeah. And I think that it's important to consider the context and why someone is engaging in a side hustle. Now, we, we've we talked before about the gig economy. We've talked about yes. burnout and, and people who, who maybe need to take on, you know, who maybe need to take on a second thing because that's how you're going to pay your rent. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that case, like the, you shouldn't, you probably shouldn't need, just philosophically, you shouldn't need two jobs to get by and live in America. Like that's a bad thing. So if the side hustle is one of necessity, then I would say, eh, it's probably not great. But there are so many yeah. other reasons why you might do a side hustle. Yeah. And and I think that the good – so what I was trying to say with complementary versus supplementary, supplemental in the sense of like you need it. This is this – you need that second job to make ends meet versus – uh, you know, complementary in really it's it's a hobby that you do and it kind of enhances it really does enhance your your living. So you yeah. were talking and, about the income, whereas I was talking yes. about the function of the hustle. And and I think yes, yes. And and I think that where it gets where it starts to concern me is uh, or concern is not the right word, but um I think a lot of times these are hobbies and, and things people really enjoy. And then you decide that you're good at them and you very well might be. Um, but you start pursuing it as, okay, I'm going to turn this into a stream of income. And maybe I don't fully understand that, that you know, rationale. Um, there are plenty of things that I think a lot of people do well. But, you know, as there's, there's, a, there's actually a life article life hacker article that I was reading about it. But, you know, just just because you're a good cook doesn't mean you should open a restaurant. Because what starts happening is it's not just cooking. Um, you know, it's it's also all the things that get what if you have other people that you are employing? What if you have to advertise? What if you have to find a space? Like to go over to sure. to go over to someone's house and cook is not the same as having a, your own restaurant. Of course. But then so so maybe Maybe what we're working with here, and and I would I'd like to know what you think about this, Max, is that, you know, a side hustle like opening a restaurant is hard to do as a side thing. That's an all-consuming mm-hmm. business proposition. Sure. sure. Like I don't think that's what we're talking about when we're talking about people with side hustles. I think we're talking about like my manager, you know, doing calligraphy for weddings and events, and and frankly, like what we do. So me for yeah. me, I work perhaps with a slightly looser uh, definition of a side hustle, which it kind of takes out the need for there to be money involved. Yeah. For me, I, you know, I don't know whether – I would imagine that you guys see this podcast that we do as a hobby. It's something you do for enjoyment. And it's something yes. that I do for enjoyment too. I love this. It's one of my favorite things I do every week. I also want – to live in a world where I get to engage in media and journalism and make podcasts and do stuff like that for a living. So even though we don't see a dime for this, I actually see this in a lot of ways as a side hustle for me. For me, it's about, you know, uh, one of the big benefits is developing skills 
that I hope to actually be able to put to use for financial gain down the road. Yeah. So I think there's, I, I think it's about like you're trying to get something out of it, even if it's not a tangible financial benefit right now. Yeah. And, and Max, I, I would ask you, I think in some ways, because you might see this, this more. And certainly I think you've, you've been around people who do this, which is um, you have, you have a certain set of skills that that open you up to um as far as technologies go if if you wanted to develop it in application on the side you you could do that and i do think people um you know we know do that but you know when i, I maybe even a, a quicker definition of a side hustle is you just you're entering a place where the stakes have been raised. I mean, have you, in your experience, you know people that have gone down that route and it's gotten a little dicey for them as they've moved it from hobby to side hustle, or have you not seen that that fruition come? Um, I don't believe I know anyone personally that's had any issues with that in particular. No, I do think it's irrelevant to to talk about the kind of the definitions and talk about like if it's a is it still a side hustle if it's promoting your main hustle in the sense of like, just f- forget the money side of things. And, you know, mm. if you're doing something um, for gain, but it's related to your, to your, you know, your main work, is that really a, a side hustle? And then I think you also have to think about the money in terms of, are you doing it because you need the money to survive? Are you doing it because you, you want additional money? Or as Sean pointed out, is there maybe no money, but you're doing it for, for, maybe future money or, or gain. Yeah. I, and I think if you've, you've brought up a, a good point is, is um, if you're kind of, uh, well, I, if you're doing I, it because uh, you need money, it's not a side hustle. It's a second job. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I think that when I think of side hustle, yeah, that is a big part, which is you are already at a, some kind of sustainable level. Yeah. At least Pro- probably a lot. I, I, my connotation is higher than that. And you're saying, okay, I'm going to, you know, add a little bit more. But as you, you mentioned, Max, and I apologize for using the word, but if it is to enhance your brand, well, then it's not, then it is, yeah, then it is kind of, well, it's all one and the same, but maybe if everybody kind of has one, which sometimes it feels like it does, then is a side hustle, Is should we not even call it something? Because it's like, well, your brand is you have your job and you have your, your quote-unquote passion that you pursue as part of your, your brand. And maybe it's a hobby, maybe it's a side hustle, but it is enhancing you as I, a product. I don't, I don't know that the definitions are really as important to me as honestly going back to our, our podcast on, on burnout and just thinking through, like, what does this say about our, our workaholic culture? Because... Whether you're, unless you're monetizing a hobby that strictly started out as fun, like you started mm-hmm. a band with your friends and now you're playing gigs and getting paid, your side hustle is probably work. Sure. And maybe then you have to define what work is, but I, well, but I mean, even that's that, where I would be. Conflicted. Even that, even when that is how it evolves, like it evolves out of something that was just purely for, purely for fun. Like once there is financial gain involved, there is an aspect of work to it because oh, absolutely. if you don't work on that thing, then the financial gain goes away. Sure, um, it's similar to starting a restaurant versus cooking is once you have once you're booking gigs, there is work. There's other work involved. It's not you're not just playing music in your garage. But I, I mean, I think that is kind of the genesis of where these things come from. 
you know, you talked about starting a band with your friends and then realizing that you're good at it and, you know, finding a place to pick up gigs and eventually you might actually make a little cash on it. Like it's a, I think for the most part, it's a thing that comes in part out of the workaholic culture that America is known and probably despised for. And in part out of a feeling of, well, if you've got something that you're good at, why not make money off of it? You know, I, I mean, I like can... if, if someone will, if someone is willing to give you money for a thing that you do well, mm-hmm. like, I, I'm not sure there's a good reason to say, nah, I'm going to keep this amateur. Well, because, because somehow, and I know it's a foreign concept, especially in America, but you decide that your fulfillment is is not based off of um, what's what's in your pocket. But why? I know, I know. But why does the fact that you're getting money? The only way that that to me is a a workable argument is if the money negates the fulfillment, and I don't think it does. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I, I don't think it does for, for me, but I can't say that, that, you know, maybe, uh, I mean, you, you could, you could decide, you know, I just really enjoy doing this and being able to continue to do this. If you play, I don't know, if, if you do magic, the gathering and you do that on weekends and you're really, really great and you play in tournaments and you just enjoy winning. And that is the thing that fulfills you. Um, you know, do you, have to do it for money i I don't know i mean if that is not adding to your um you know enjoyment of it and then it's not adding to you continuing to do it uh, i mean i don't think you need money but i say that to say yes of course you know why wouldn't you do something for money if people are willing to pay you and you're you're good at it but but i would say so if you decide to take something that's your hobby say it's um in college, you uh, work for a a, a student run uh, sports news organization, and you decide when you finish college, you want to continue doing it. Here's the thing: is you may not be, you don't have the same type of uh, control over what you're doing anymore, and you might find yourself covering Catholic League Catholic League high school football. And so when you start deciding that you are going to get on the path of this as a – maybe you still got a hot side hustle, but a job. That's what it becomes. You kind of have to fall within those institutions as opposed to being an outsider, I think. Sure. But that's – we're talking now about your job. You're – like let's let's just well, go cards on the table. That story is about me. Yeah, and, yeah, I know. And that well, was something – that was what I wanted to do for my job. I didn't want that I didn't yeah. want that to be a hobby or a side hustle. I wanted that to be hustle numero uno. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think, think yeah, go I think ahead, maybe Max. a better example would be a, a hobby that I have. Oh yeah, your your painting. Um, which is that I like to paint. And I, I don't know that it well whether or not it could be we'll say, well sure it could be monetized. Mm-hmm. Would I get more enjoyment out of you know, selling my work. So that's a really good point. I mean, Etsy is is the the prime example of and is okay. You make paintings, 
it, Max, you know, if if I really liked a painting of yours, I'd be like, Max, I will give you X dollars for that painting. I really like it. But if all of a sudden you open yourself up to the masses and you have to take orders, that adds a different stressor. It's it's. I feel like people you don't know and the idea of now there is an exchange, um, you, you know, that that's a whole different pressure. The stakes are higher. But again, it, it could be, but I could also just paint a painting and then decide, oh, I'll sell this one. It's done. I throw it up on, I don't know what website you sell art on, but I'm sure there's some. And, and oh, it's sold for 100 bucks. That's kind of neat. I, yeah. I can see it both ways. <laughs> what you're talking about sounds like a potential risk. You know, of course, it's a potential risk. But it's not a guarantee that if you, you know, and it goes back to the money doesn't have to cancel out the fulfillment. Like, you can, I would imagine that the people who make and sell shit on Etsy really enjoy doing it. Some of them, it's probably their main hustle. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also, you know, and, and cr- creative things are a particular weird beast in in this discussion because, you know, I imagine that, I mean, we're doing a, a thing that is nominally creative. And yeah. one of the things I like the most about doing it is... You know, when someone says, hey, I heard your podcast. I really enjoyed it. You know, you guys had a good conversation. So there's like an aspect of, you know, even if we're not, you know, even if we're not making this on a custom order from someone who is paying us to make a special podcast just for them, like we're doing this for people. Yeah. And so there's an aspect to any creative endeavor that I think probably involves you don't do this solely for yourself. And so maybe that makes maybe that actually makes creative pursuits particularly well suited for mm-hmm. side hustles because you derive some fulfillment from other people getting fulfillment from your work. And yeah, so and one I- of the ways for them to express that to you is by paying you money for it. Yes, and I think that that is a very – that makes sense from a transition. How does it go from a hobby to a side hustle is you are maybe creatively gifted in, in whatever way and people say, well, I want to start paying you for it because you, you your quality is yeah. so high. But you know, I, I think at the same time there are also things like if you if you bought an apartment or, or you rented out a room for Airbnb, which I think is a, a not uncommon side hustle now, then it's like, well, how are you measured? Uh, you know, that really, there's no hobby. There's no, well, I know Max, you've, you've expressed oh. before that being a landlord would be something you'd be interested in, but that is like, all of a sudden you have to jump into money making. There's I'm no so, in between. I'm so glad you said that because one of the last trips I took, was in August with Emily. We went to Asheville and we stayed in an Airbnb. We were in someone's basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't see, I do not see, I see, Airbnb is a weird thing. I don't know that I consider that a side hustle. It's just like, because that hustle is just like having a place that you let people stay in. But, but our host painted and had paintings hung in the unit that we were staying in that were for sale. Yeah. So there's a, I I think those two things are, are very different to me at least. 
It's like it's like you rent out a gallery to people. It's like, hey, come come to my gallery. Maybe you'll be interested in in my paintings. I'm getting a dollar from you anyway. You cut it. I guess what I'm I guess what I'm saying is that you know if we're talking about the side hustle being something that you do and making additional money off of something you do, mm-hmm. I don't know if I necessarily feel like having extra space in my home is something that I do. I, I'm Max. You're looking at me like I'm looking at it wrong, which I probably I, am. I think that I think there's other work involved in running an Airbnb. Sure. I don't think it's as simple as oh, now I'm making money. You have to deal no, with right. the cleaning. You have to deal with the booking. I think it becomes a legitimate side hustle. I, you're, I get you're what right. you're saying that it's maybe not as active, but there's definitely there's overhead work there to be done that becomes a little bit of a, a business, and then all of a sudden you're you're working on the side. Here's the here's the thing I will I put as well, and I think it applies to the creative things as well as the as maybe the not so creative things, um, which is <laughs> in the this quote unquote sil- uh, startup Silicon Valley um, kind of culture we live in now. Uh, there's this obsession with growth and exponential growth at that, and I think that when you take something from a hobby to a side hustle, and what would the concern is the right word you know people that really enjoy something and and do it because they want to i think when you start adding money to it you know even if you say it's not about that um this you are going to want to grow and i think all of a sudden when you start measuring it by your online reviews or or how many people are interested in your work it, it there is a certain level of growth that is no longer defined by you and might be defined by other people max you're painting you know if you painted every week and stuff like that you could see yourself growing i mean to to plug myself you know i learn and i grow with with baking bread but it's incrementally it's never exponential and i feel like if if you add in the pressure of or you know that side hustle then the growth is not defined by you so much anymore and i think that's that's a big part of the change um i i see what you're saying i also think that i think that a person's growth is always exponential or sorry is always incremental you know we're talking what you're talking about with incremental growth in silicon valley is a desire on the part of shareholders for the value of companies to keep increasing exponentially all the time and that's just, yeah. like that's unreasonable that's how you get to bubbles but like you know oh, we got the, bubbles the, right the growth of the people within that company is not exponential the way the company grows exponentially is by a bunch of people or a bunch of lines of business growing incrementally within it so like when you add all of that up that's how you get there but like we're talking a side hustle is like you know Apple doesn't have a side hustle. You know what I mean? The people yeah. that are engineers or designers at Apple, they might have side hustles. Well, well, I could argue that their services arm, which which we actually <laughs> talked about a while ago, and then they announced we're going all in on services. Services have been their side hustle, and now they're making them their main <laughs> hustle because they realize that their products aren't improving as quickly as they once did. Um, but, you know, that's a, that's a color of a different horse. Oh, God. Uh, should we do another should we just st- like should we go ahead and record our next episode which is just you spending 35 minutes saying things that make you sound like you're 75 
I mean, I I use the word brand. I use the word passion. I, I've used some other words as we've been recording here, and they're words that I so greatly dislike. But the fact of the matter is, and I actually reviewed it recently when, uh, you know, as as you'll know, Sean, because you edited it, that the time out when I was leaving a party, a guy was was you know talking about the DC question of what do you do, and my feeling was, you know, if someone really cares about something. They're going to tell you about it without you asking, and that's kind of what I, I that's that's kind of what I think about here with this stuff. Is I just I I kind of believe in the the hobbies that people do, and I, I like to think that there are things that they do and and can do them without the pressures of of outside folks. And so, like if you're doing a side hustle, that's great. But I hope that if it is really a hobby that has turned into it, you continue to enjoy it because i think people are most hobbies allow you to be kind of the most yourself and um so i think they're great and and hopefully if you decide you want to paint and that's your big thing i hope that you are you are still fulfilled and the pressures that might come with it um aren't you know debilitating for you in any way i mean i think that's pretty easy to to agree on like i I don't think any of us want you you to take on a, a side hustler to convert a thing that you loved doing into something that that's a horrible stressor like that would be terrible i don't think we disagree about that at all um but i I think that i think that i in particular am am willing to give people a little more leeway and, and i i trust that they're not doing that i trust i believe in people's ability to find their enjoyment like you know that if you are doing something on the side for money you're doing it because you want to do that thing so i don't know i i think that you know i mean it, look it comes back to one of the most uncontroversial things that anyone has ever said on this podcast like do st- like if you can do stuff that makes you happy that's great like you should do it and if you decide you want to make money doing that go go get them checks as Jalen Rose would say. Jalen Rose, who thinks that chicken wings are dark meat. Chicken wings are decidedly not dark meat, Jalen. <sighs> um, oh, well. Yeah, not well, we've, can be perfect. <laughs> we've taken a hard, hard left. Uh, does anybody have anything else they want to add to our conversation about side hustles before we move on? Okay. Max is Max is considering <laughs> Etsy and he's making a nasty face. Um all right. Well, uh if you want to add to our conversation about side hustles, come find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod and let us know what you think. All right, we will move on now as we always do to Pierce is sorry. And uh what are you apologizing for today? Um so you all have been to a grocery store before in your life, right? Um, and so, and sometimes you go, you go and you, uh, don't bring a reusable bag, something that we've talked about on the podcast before. Um, so I got an email today, uh, from my building, um, and they have, they got something from the, the trash company, um, and about recycling. And they said, you know, don't shoot or complain to the messenger. And this is the email quote. No plastic bags are allowed in the recycle bins. If you store your recyclables in a plastic bag 
or you use a plastic bag to bring them to the recycle bins, you must empty the bag into the bin and plastic bag must be thrown in the trash. So please help us out. The trash company will come in, look at the bin, and if they see a plastic bag, they leave without picking anything up. Now, I knew this already, that you can't put those plastic bags in uh, the recycling. But I did not know that until basically we recorded the podcast uh, some number of months ago about recycling. I apologize for all the plastic bags that I have attempted. The the ones, the produce bags, basically, that you get at grocery stores or just any that you get in grocery stores. Those plastic bags are maybe worse than straws. They can be recycled, <laughs> but you have to take them back to the grocery store and give them to the grocery store. And I think they just clean them and put them out again, which is basically how recycling works. <laughs> but they are a scourge, and there is a reason that um, – you know, cities have banned them and it's because they blow away and get stuck in trees and um, they go, they go on the conveyor belts or whatever that are used for recycling. It's actually very cool, but they get stuck in them and they catch and then you can't recycle stuff. So it actually hurts the machines. They're terrible bags. And if you need a reusable bag, contact me and I will buy you one. I will buy you more than one because I think it is so important that like we just avoid these because you can't recycle them in normal facilities. And then all that stuff you thought you were going to recycle and feel good about um, can't be done. So I apologize for trying to recycle those plastic bags ever. Max, you were going to say something. Oh, no, just that I, I live in a place where those bags are not allowed. Nice. So your options yeah. are paper bag. Or you can pay for a reusable plastic bag. Yeah. Spend. Well, well, you're also talking, are you talking about like typical grocery bags? You're talking about the produce bags. No, I'm talking about both. Oh, both, okay. Both uh, we are, still have the produce bags. Yeah. The produce bags are bad too. But yeah, the, the, yeah, the, I, I mean the, the grocery, I mean, I mean both, honest. but the grocery bags are the ones a lot of people mm. uh store stuff in i'll be honest i didn't realize anyone in the world was unclear on the fact that those bags couldn't be recycled um uh, i thought I, I thought everyone in the universe was in agreement on that um uh, so not, th- so this is really. this is news to me i just reuse good, them. good for you i just use those as trash bags for like little trash cans oh yeah i i do that too but i it was until recently that i just knew why they're so difficult to recycle and, and i didn't know that i just thought we all yeah. knew that they couldn't be recycled so i learned too Woo. yeah i mean a good a good Learning. lesson is unless unless you know you can recycle it just throw it away um you know it's it's not ideal but maybe eventually we'll just burn all the trash and then we don't have to worry about it <laughs> yay trash fires um all right yeah so we will move on uh, to a big idea from pop culture, and I, I've got, man, I've had a lot of things on my mind. It's been a, it's been a big, you know, ten days or so. Um, I could, I could talk about uh, a thing I saw today on on ye old tweet machine, uh, which is a, a picture of the rules for a raconteurs concert. Um, that that go uh please note this is a phone free show uh no recording devices allowed upon arrival at the venue all phones and other photo or video capturing gizmos will be secured in a yonder pouch that will be unlocked at the end of the show you keep your phone secured pouch on you during the show and if needed can unlock your phone at any time in a designated yonder phone zone located in the lobby or concourse uh, so Jack White has now become the Dave Chappelle of music. 
Um, that James Murphy does that too. But oh, yeah. interesting. But with the yeah. with the added wrinkle of magic fanny packs. Yes. Um, James Murphy does not do that. But but that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about a, another dumpster fire. Uh, but a, a, an entertaining dumpster fire, uh, which is the movie Triple Frontier. Now, uh, <laughs> if you <laughs> this, this this sounds like a, a problem a frontier you waded into, and maybe you didn't have to. Uh, if if you have been to the website www.theringer.com in about two weeks. You have undoubtedly seen roughly 17,000 articles about the heist movie Triple Frontier, in which, um, as Emily put it, uh, a, uh, a long list of men I'm attracted to uh, commit violence. Uh, but if you, if you haven't, if you haven't been to theringer.com, uh, the movie, the conceit of the movie is that a group of ex-military uh, composed of Oscar Isaac, Ben Affleck, Charlie Hunnam, uh, Pedro Pascal, and Garrett Hedlund go into uh, somewhere South America to rob a drug dealer uh, in an unsanctioned operation. And it's a it's a heist movie. It's a survival movie. It's a uh, I don't want to call it a comedy. It's definitely not a, a comedy, but it's a, a buddy movie of of some sort. Um, and it's kind of an entertaining train wreck. It's it's really not a good movie, um, mm. but it was also kind of enjoyable to watch. Like, and and Jason Concepcion went on an episode of The Watch a few weeks ago, right when the movie came out. And made a good point, which is that this is the kind of movie that doesn't get made all that much anymore. It's, you know, a mid-budget, action-y movie with recognizable people, but that isn't a clear tentpole blockbuster movie. And I'm just like, a lot of those movies are bad, but I'm glad we have a lot of those movies, too. And so I'm like, I'm glad that there are more of them. So I would I would say two things, which is one, was it mid budget? Because I'm pretty sure that's that's a Netflix film, isn't it? It is. So it may be mega yeah. mega budget. And I'm just I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that my uh, my Netflix is going up two dollars a month <laughs> with those heavy hitters in the movie. Um, and the other thing is my preferred and this is a topic for a different podcast, but my preferred mid budget movies are Hugh Grant movies from the late nineties, early two thousands, because those are fun romantic comedies that make you feel better. Not people robbing drug dealers. And I'm sure much <laughs> death, um, but, you know, you know, there, there was, there was death. There is, um, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's no Noah Baumbach movie. I can tell you that. Well, it's, well, yeah. Well. Um, okay. Uh, so, so if you, if you want to watch an entertaining train wreck and you like Oscar Isaac or Charlie Hunnam, um, go, go sit down on your couch and watch Triple Frontier. I was about to say go see it, but you don't have to go anywhere. Uh, cause shouts to Netflix. Um, and then if you're going to go see the Rack Hunters, uh, just be prepared to go on phone withdrawal for a couple hours. Well, that might be Max, so he can report back on that. There you go. 
Um, and that is the end of the show. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty okay Pod or at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice. We are definitely on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, if you listen somewhere else uh, but have stumbled onto this episode somehow and you want to make sure that we are on your podcast app, uh, drop us a line at it's pretty okay at gmail.com and we will try to make sure we can make it happen for you. Um, if you do that, please do us a favor, leave a rating review comment, that sort of thing, or tell a friend about the show because we would love to share it with them too. We will be back again next week, hopefully celebrating a national championship, but, uh, definitely to talk about something else as always until then yeah. I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening. Go Hoops. Bye.